Last time we devoted much of our analysis to unmask a very subtle character which we called the beta. And we exposed in detail the various weapons that are available as well as the mechanisms that are at his disposal. We also took a swipe at what is called a gene and we looked at how these powerful apparatus can draw people into the devil's entrapments which when they appear they are disguised as opportunities. These sort of opportunities we define them as temptations. Temptations operate on the basis of exploiting the inherent needs within us humanity. Without needs present in our lives, then temptations will lack a foundation. They will lack a basis through which they can build up, spring and touch aspects of our lives, manipulating the course of our destinies. Needs are very powerful forces within us that demand us to work on our desires in order to satisfy them. When desires become cravings, cravings can become lust. And the devil knows that lust is the master key which possesses the ability to unlock the doors of temptations, swinging them wide open. Power and authority can bring about servants under control, but necessity is the ultimate weapon that can push a person into a dimension of slavery. A need always reflects a necessity, but many people are ignorant or are simply unaware of the poverty a necessity is able to create within their lives. Each time when the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life gets the better of someone. The underlying force behind is a poverty or a need unsatisfied. All the sins a person can find himself committing, be it fornication, theft, the abuse of drugs, and so forth, they are as a result of a simple compelling need within the offending parties. And the power of such needs manifests in the voluntary ways through which people eventually find them offending against God or committing or indulging in many dimensions of sins. And all these stem from a poverty or a lack of something. The Bible says from the book of Proverbs chapter 13 verse 8, the ransom of a man's life are his riches. But the poor heareth not a rebuke. If the devil can therefore be able to create a level of poverty within a person, he in turn can make advice or a rebuke very difficult. So the best way the devil to place a person into a stubborn state of being is to create a level of poverty. This is officially what the word of God is saying. And the best tool that is available at his disposal is poverty or a lack of something. And if there is a lack, then the better. But if substance is prominent, then one way or the other, the devil must create a lack in order to propel you into a dimension of a temptation.
when you look into the way the Israelites eventually found themselves being tempted in the land of Egypt, there was a need in their land. There was something lacking that forced them to go into the land of Egypt in the beginning, and that was food. And they went into the captivity of the Egyptians voluntarily. And while they were there, they found themselves being tempted and entering into a dimension of captivity. Many people who are alcoholics, people who are drug addicts, they always find it that they have a need to get high. And when they push themselves into the dimension where they can be sustained, where that need can be satisfied, they eventually find themselves operating in a realm of captivity, whereby it becomes very difficult for them to come out of that level of captivity. But in the beginning, they entered into that dimension voluntarily. When you look into the word of God, especially the way the woman in the beginning, we're talking about the mother of every living human being, Eve, together with her husband, eventually found themselves being tempted of the devil. The devil made it for the woman to see a need in the forbidden tree. She felt compelled to eat it. And after they ate it, when you look into the word of God from the book of Genesis chapter 3, especially from verse 7 to 8, the Bible says, And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. The devil, when he met the woman and the husband, the husband, we're talking about Adam and Eve, naked by simply disobeying God, they eventually found themselves in a state of poverty. And ultimately, they ended up trying over and over again to satisfy to cover that nakedness that was upon their lives. And the effect was to cause them to run away from the voice of God. When they heard the voice of God walking in the Garden of Eden in the cool of the day, they hid themselves. This is exactly the situation that many poor people, poor believers find themselves in. When you look at every Sunday, it doesn't matter which day that you observe as a holy day in your life. Many people, if there is a poverty, they will find a reason to run away from the presence of God. They will find an excuse to run away from the voice of God speaking into their lives. And when you look at it, they are at a level of stubbornness. And that stubbornness is created by a level of poverty. The presence of the Lord is a canopy. It is a covering. In other words, it is a sanctuary or a well-defended zone. The more time you spend in the presence of God, then the more secure you are. When you look into the word of God from the book of Proverbs chapter 18 verse 10, the Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it 
and is safe. So most of the attacks that the devil tries to spring in the lives of people actually originate from his manipulation of your presence, especially in regards to the presence of the Lord. When you look into the word of God from the book of Zechariah chapter 3, verse 1 to 4, the Bible says, And he should meet Joshua the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. And the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuke thee, O Satan. Even the Lord that had chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Is not this a brand plugged out of the fire? And Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel of the Lord. Of paramount importance is the fact that Joshua was in the presence of God, even in his filthy state. And the devil couldn't accuse him, but he simply could resist him. So there are two ways through which the devil can attack a believer, especially in regards to do with the presence of God. The first can be to resist you. You can be poor, but if you spend much of your time in the presence of God, he can simply come against you to resist you. And you have got an advantage, especially the more you spend your time in God's presence because the Lord will rebuke the devil out of your way and your filthiness will be taken out of your life. On another note, when you do not appear in the presence of God, then the devil will utilize a different approach, especially to do with your presence or absence especially in the presence of God. We look in the case of Job. The devil utilized gossips and accusations to do with Job's presence, especially in relation to his life. There are laws that stipulate the establishment of negative consequences, especially that are supposed to be of a judgmental dimension. We look into the word of God from the book of Deuteronomy chapter 19 verse 15. The Bible says, One witness shall not rise up against a man for any iniquity or for any sin in the sin that he sinneth, at the mouth of two witnesses or at the mouth of three witnesses shall the matter be established. Before a matter can be established against an individual, there must be two or three or more witnesses that are testifying against the individual. When you look into Job's matter, his absence from a place of appointment not only once but twice when you look at it because issues to do with the presence of God relate to your voice to appear and serve God in a place of visitation. His missing from this dimension of action presented a perfect opportunity for the devil to vest accusations against him. The power of any accuser because the Bible says that the devil is the accuser of brethren or any gossiper against your life 
it lies not in the words that are spoken against a person, but in the entity being accused. If the entity being accused is missing from action or is missing in the presence of a judgmental force, then the accuser or the gossiper will have so much power. When you look into the word of God, especially you understand from the book of Job, chapter 1, from verse 6 to 7. The Bible says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. Again, when you look into the word of God from the book of Job chapter 2, you find a similar incident which repeats, especially in regards to the life of Job. And this is from the book of Job chapter 2 from verse 1 to 2. The Bible says, Again there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said unto Satan, From whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. Each and everything that happened in the life of Job was as a result of these two witnessing incidences. There was a place where God was visiting people upon this earthly dimension. And Job felt he was not justified to appear in the presence of God. Some people say that maybe God was visiting angels, so Job was not an angel and he was not justified to be in the presence of God. But when you look again at that scripture that we shared in regards to Joshua, the high priest, when you look at it, he was appearing in the presence of angels and the Lord spoke and the devil was also in that kind of an environment. But Job was missing from such a dimension because each and every time the Lord appears upon the material dimension, that is an opportunity that the devil always tries to utilize against people who do not appear in the presence of God. Because you are under God's covering, you are under God's defense. So the devil will not be able to maneuver against any aspect of your life without centering accusations against you. And the best way to do it is in the presence of God. So you think two times each time when you feel like you want to miss out from an important place of encounter. I'm talking about services in regards to worshiping God. These are the places that the devil always tries to take advantage of. The more you miss out, the better his opportunity is against your life. Even though the word of God says that Job was a righteous man, 
because he was not there in the presence of God to defend himself against the accusations that were being vested against his life by the devil, then the devil was justified to prove that whatever he spoke, especially in regards to Job, was true or false. So when you find yourself in such an environment, it is a test of character. You are allowed, or the devil is also allowed, to manipulate aspects of your life simply because God wants to prove your character and the devil is given permission so as to test you in certain dimensions that will prove your standing in the relationship that you have with God. When looking to the word of God, especially Job chapter 1, verse 12, the Bible says, and the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. When you look into how the devil managed to reach out into the life of Job, he accused that Job was a faithful believer because of the substance that he was given by God. So this is the first area that the enemy will target. Remember we say that the better the enemy can propel you into a state of poverty is the better that he can test your character in regards to your standing with God. So the first dimension that the devil was given access to manipulate was Job's environment. Remember, Job was a very wealthy man. He had all in regards to material possessions and he was also a fruitful man in regards to the fruits of his body. So the first target the enemy had to do with was his substance, his cattle, his sheep, his donkeys together with his oxen and his sons and daughters. That was the first area the job was allowed to be tested according to and the devil was restrained because god only gave him this environment to touch and manipulate and he was not allowed to touch the life or the body of job so this is the first category many believers whenever they enter into temptations they can be familiar with what i'm talking about you begin to find yourself operating in a very hostile environment probably at your workplace or at your house you begin to find the relations being destroyed and some of these things they simply emanate from the accusations that have been centered against your life from your missing in action from the presence of God. And you find people beginning to fight you one by one. You begin to find things falling down. We are talking about everything that surmounts to your environment, your substance. We are talking about the people around you. We are talking about anything that you drive sustenance from. And this is the first level that the devil is given permission to touch and in this level whenever you are fought probably you find that people become hostile against your life you find that you are losing things you find that you are in an environment where you are becoming poor the target especially from the devil is for you to enter into a dimension of foolishness 
So each and every temptation that targets your environment is simply meant to propel you into a dimension of sin as well as foolishness in regards to your relationship with God. The Bible says from the book of Job chapter 1 verse 22, In all this Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. So most of the times, this is what the devil wants you to become. He wants you to become a foolish party. I have seen some people having their environment falling apart. People speaking bad things against their lives. And eventually, you begin to see yourself being provoked. You feel like there is something that has been dormant in your life that you need to awaken. And when you awaken that beast within your life, you enter into a dimension where you begin to exhibit a foolish aspect, a foolish side of your life. And this is actually something that will steam from that environment that is being manipulated by the devil against your life. The second level that the devil targets in a person's life is a personal contact. We are not talking about whatever arrow the enemy may use against your life coming and being centered on your person. When you look into the word of God from the book of Job chapter 2 verse 4, the Bible says, And Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, yea, all a man hath, will he give for his life. But put forth thine hand now and touch his bone and his flesh and he will cast thee to thy face. The devil knows that you can be able to outmaneuver him in regards to his attacks, especially that are centered against your environment. So the next level that he will ask to gain access is to do with your body. With Job, the devil said, skin for skin, give me permission to touch his body. And when you look again at this one, God will not allow everything to be touched in your life. With Job, the Bible says that God said you are not supposed to touch his life. This is from the book of Job chapter 2 verse 6. The Bible says, Behold, he is in thine hand, but save his life. So, the beta understands that if he is able to manipulate your environment, you can be able to enter into a dimension of foolishness. He knows this. And he knows again that when he is able to touch your flesh, you may be propelled to act against God, as God, and find yourself being disconnected from each and every relationship that you have with God. So many people find themselves being tested, especially by sickness. Whenever you find your body failing, this can be as a result of this second test the enemy can use against your life. And this ultimate test is a test that deals with your integrity. The Bible says from the book of Job chapter 2, especially verse 9 and 10, Then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. 
But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? In all this did not Job sin with his lips. So, the second test that comes in your life, especially whenever the devil manages to touch your body, the test is to do with your integrity. So, these are the two things that the enemy wants to manipulate in your life. Number one, he wants you to enter into a state of foolishness. And the other thing, he wants you to lose your integrity. Most people who have found themselves being tried and tested of the devil have either acted foolishly or they have eventually found themselves acting in another dimension which may have propelled them to lose their integrity. When you lose your integrity or when you act foolishly, then you begin to enter into a dimension where you become more and more like the devil. The devil is not a man of integrity. On another note, the devil is a foolish entity. So whenever he targets your life, he wants you, he wants you to enter into a realm where you can act foolishly or where you can lose your integrity and find yourself more and more like him. Job was driven by his wife to curse God so that he can sin in order to die. And he managed to resist the devil in all these kind of tests. Each time the devil is given access to touch aspects in regards to your environment, in regards to your flesh, he can either choose to destroy everything or to keep something that he can use tomorrow against your life or in the near future against your life. And these things, he will leave them behind simply to act as a thorn in your flesh in the future. When you look into the life of Job, he lost his sons, his daughters, his substance. But there was only one thing that was left behind, and I would love to call this one an impious seed. He knew, the devil knew, that the wife of Job was an impious character. When I'm talking about an impious character, I'm talking about a person who is disrespectful to God. Every relationship that was meaningful, everything that was meaningful to Job was destroyed, save for his foolish wife. And the kind of advice that she was giving Job was to propel him to lose his integrity. Because she knows, because she understands that the moment you, Job, will lose your integrity, you enter into a dimension of death. So when you lose your integrity, you find yourself automatically walking into a dimension where things begin to die in your life. She said to Job, curse your God so that you can die. Do not keep your integrity. Curse your God. Find yourself cursing this kind of God and then you lose your integrity and you die. So most of the people that I've seen in this life, they have lost things in their environment and the devil has left some other things that he can also use 
to manipulate them into a state where they can enter into a dimension of sin. I've seen some people sinning simply because there are people who are left behind in their lives. People who cannot act as pillars, but people who act as an impure seed to propel them into a dimension where they can lose their integrity, finding themselves facing aspects in regards to death, aspects that will propel them into a dimension where things will automatically begin to die. So the devil, if he can touch your environment, if he can touch your skin, your flesh, these are partly what can contribute to your demise. But there is other aspects that you yourself will need to do. You also need to play a part into the coming of a temptation. So I'm going to expose those things that you do that will eventually propel you into a dimension of a temptation. When looking into the book of Job chapter 3 from verse 25 to 26, the Bible says, for the thing I greatly feared is come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. I was not in certainty, neither yet I rest, neither was I quiet, yet trouble came. These are the words of Job. He is addressing his friends and he is speaking of his fear. So I would want to talk about what is called the fear factor. The devil can gain access, yes, to the presence of God and ask you in your absence and touch aspects in regards to your life. But some of those things that you do in your life will depend and rely heavily on the fear aspect that may be present in your life. I'm talking about the fear factor. Many people, they are afraid of losing something. When you look at it, Job was afraid. He was afraid of, of, of trouble coming into his life. He was not in a place of safety. He was not in a place where he was quiet. And yet trouble came and located him. So faith, when you look at it from the word of God, from the book of Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1, the Bible says, Now faith is the substance of things that are hoped for. It is the evidence of things that are not seen. And faith has got an adversary and that one is fear. It is simply the opposite of your faith. Fear, it operates on the parallel, especially when you look at how it touches and manipulates people's destinies. It is the substance of the things that you are hoping for. It is the evidence of the things that you cannot see. When you are afraid of something, you are placing yourself into a negative faith, into a dimension where you are fighting for something, but in the negative context. And this has got power to propel you into a dimension of manifestation because People who are afraid of trouble, they gain substance in a dimension of the spirit. They are in a dimension where they've got hope that something is going to come against my life. And that is an evidence spiritually against their destinies that the enemy can use to propel bad things into their lives.
So it's important to come out of the fear factor. I've seen people running from things that are non-existing simply because they are afraid. They are simply afraid of something negative coming into fruition against their lives. And the devil you use fear as a launch pad to spring and touch into your life things that are valuable in your life. I've seen people entering into accidents because of fear. People losing marriages because of fear. People losing money because of fear. Fear is a negative faith that can propel you into a negative dimension. The question many people now have, especially when you look at the whole audio, that job first, is how then can you unshackle yourself from such a situation? Yes, you were not present in the presence of the Lord and the devil managed to put accusations and he gained access to your environment, he gained access to touch your skin. And because you feared things becoming a reality in your life, those things that you feared are now manifest in your life. The question now is how can you come out? The Bible says from the book of Job chapter 42 from verse 9 to 10, So Eliphaz the Temanite and Bildad the Shuite and Zophar the Namatite went and did according as the Lord commanded them. The Lord also accepted Job. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. So you would understand that everything that was happening in the life of Job, it was a form of captivity. The way he lost his things, his substance, his family, the way he caught sick himself, it was a form of captivity. But the way he came out, it was through an instruction that God gave his friends to go with seven bullocks and seven rams to Job, the servant of God, because God said these three friends of Job didn't speak well of him. And God said to them, go and offer these things to Job so that he can prepare a burnt offering in their position. And the moment Job did this, the moment he also prayed for his brethren, then that was the moment God removed his captivity. So we are talking about what is called intercession. Intercession is whereby you intervene, whereby you can interpose or cut between in prayer, whereby you can offer petitions or entities in favor of other people. When you understand the value of intercession, you stand in the gap. It is a reflection of an unselfish thought that you will be making in prayer, praying for other people who are facing their own challenges while you've got your own challenges. And you are entering more into a Christ-like dimension. You are carrying other people's burdens. The moment you understand to pray for others, to stand in the gap, you enter into a realm where you begin to operate in what is called a Christhood dimension of an anointing. I declare that the more you stand in the gap praying for your nation, praying for your community, praying for your family, praying for your people that are in the environment of your workplace. That's the key that can unlock those shackles, that can remove that barrier that has been put against your life by the devil. 
I trust that the more you begin to be unselfish is the more. Because I've realized this. This is the reason why if you look at servants of God, the higher the anointing is the higher the unselfish nature of the ministry upon that kind of a servant. I declare and I decree that that shekel is about to be removed out of your life. That barrier is about to be broken. But the more you intercede is the more that you enter into an unselfish dimension and that the more that God is obliged to release an anointing to deal with your own troubles. God is about to break that limitation that has been prevalent in your life. He's about to deal with that situation. He's about to break that kind of captivity that has been existing in your life. But you need to go on your knees and interject. You need to interpose. You need to intervene on behalf of other people. You need to between with petitions and entities in favor of other people. I trust that you are coming out of that kind of a captivity. I trust that God is about to release a special solution in your life. The beta will not have authority over your destiny. He will not have authority over your finances. I declare in Jesus' mighty name. From me, Martin Siziva, I believe that this segment has been a blessing to you. You are free to share this message and spread the kingdom of God. This episode has been brought to you, courtesy of Royal Kingdom Embassy. We are located in three centers in Paris, Free States, South Africa, as well as in two centers in Cape Town, Somerset West, as well as Guguletu. Join us every Sunday for worship. For inquiries, please call plus 277-2866-330. Alternatively, you can email prophet.martins1 at gmail.com. Be empowered to experience kingdom life.